Hey, this is Mike Lee, and you're listening to the Mike Sappho Podcast. Cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame. Wake up the echoes cheering her name. Welcome, Mike Lee. What's going on, brother? Hey, keep going, man. You killed it. <laughs> What's up? I appreciate you calling in, man. Hey, thanks for, thanks for having me. I love the intro. When did you attend that famous school down in South Bend, Indiana? Yeah, I was there from uh, 2006 to 2010. I transferred in from the University of Missouri, um, but it was a dream come true for me to get in there. So I just I didn't have the grades to get in right off the bat, and I had to go to Missouri, which is still a great school, but uh, busted my butt there, got the best grades in my life, and transferred in, and some somehow they let me in, and it was uh, changed my life forever. So it was a great time. Were you there for the Charlie Weiss, Brady Quinn era? Yeah, I was there in the beginning, um, you know, and then uh, so I, I was there when we had really bad football team. And then when I left, we were pretty good football. It reigns supreme there, doesn't it? Yeah, reigns supreme, man. Um, they say God, country, Notre Dame, and then probably football right after that. <laughs> you know what? One of my closest friends was there at the same time. He played basketball, Kyle McElarney. He was there at the same time as you, I think. Oh, yeah. I have some mutual friends that know Kyle. I, I don't know him personally, but uh, that's awesome, man. I've heard good things. Are right, you ready to talk some boxing? Let's talk. The first thing is the most important thing. Why don't you have a fun nickname? <laughs> I feel like you'd be the guy to help me out with that. I get asked that a lot. You know, I've heard, like, Irish Mike or, I don't know, I've heard a million different nicknames. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can't give yourself your own nickname, right? So... <laughs> No one's come up with a good enough nickname for it to stick, and I can't give myself a nickname, so it's just straight-up Mike Lee. It's boring, <laughs> I know. But, you know, it's funny because I was looking. I'm like, why doesn't he have a nickname? And then you look at you, your physique, the way you look, the all-American guy. You're like a guy who doesn't need a nickname. It's just Mike Lee. Here's what I am. Take it or leave it. I like it. That's the best explanation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start using that if that's okay because I get asked that question all the time. I'm always fascinated with boxers and fighters. I have a lot of boxers that come on my show. And most of them, a big majority of them, come from like rougher backgrounds. Boxing's the only way out. You're the total opposite. What was it about this sport that just sucked you right in? You know, when it comes to sports, I just, I feel like I'm two different people. Outside the ring, I'm, I'm not a confrontational person. I'm pretty laid back. I'm passive. But when it came to boxing and, and sports, I'm extremely competitive and I love the adrenaline rush, and I want to win. Um, there's something about boxing, man. When you get that knockout and jump on the ropes, I just love it. You know, I, I no matter where you're from or, or you know, <clears throat> what your background is, you fall in love with sports for different reasons. But ultimately, that adrenaline rush that I've had is just unparalleled, man. It's the best feeling in the world. I fought in Madison Square Garden, got knocked out there, fought in the Barclays Center, fought in Cowboy Stadium. Fought in some of the world's most iconic arenas, and um, it, that 10 seconds of getting a knockout or jumping on the ropes, getting that victory, is the best feeling in the world, and that's just that feeling I've been chasing. You live a fascinating life. The one thing that sticks out the most to me, and I hope this isn't stereotyping you, is your charity stuff. And what's with the Bangle Bouts? It's like a cra- this crazy little school in South Bend has a connection to Bangladesh. So yeah. how did you get involved in that, and like, what's that all about? Yeah, I mean, you know, giving back was a huge part of uh, what Notre Dame taught me as a very young man. And so my entire career, I've been um, really big on giving back, working with children's charities specifically. 
Uh, almost every single fight I've had has had some type of uh, donation element to it where I'm giving back to uh, Notre Dame charities. In fact, I put on the first uh, ever professional boxing match in Notre Dame history. We had Regis Philbin emceed it. We had uh, the Leprechaun out there. It was the night before a home football game. It was a few years back. It was incredible, man. And I was lucky enough to get a great win and fight in front of thousands of people, my alma mater, and um, ultimately all the proceeds, the purse and the ticket sales, everything went to uh, a few different children's charities. So I think it's a dream come true, man. I, if, if I get to do what I love and um, make a great living doing it and give back while I'm doing it, as that's that's just a, a home run right there. Excuse the uh, sports pun, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's been a beautiful thing, man. And I, I've been connected with some phenomenal charities. I met some awesome kids that just got a bad break, and anything I can do to help and and have done, it's it's been a blessing. And now you spent like two weeks out in Bangladesh, right? I did, and one of the initiatives I did was I spent two weeks out in Bangladesh, helping. Um, we were building some schools out there and setting up uh, some schooling to teach English and it was incredible, man. Listen, trips like that make you realize how great we have it here in America and, and just in general. I mean, it made me really grateful uh, for everything that, that I have and I've achieved through a lot of hard work and sacrifice, but still it's um, moments like that make you realize that uh, you have it a lot better uh, than you even realize. So uh, it was, I was really grateful to uh, have that experience and, and give back in that way. You nailed it because I'm a big traveler. I've been to like 68 countries. And at first I was traveling, you know, to party. It would be like Thailand and Amsterdam. And now as I'm getting a little bit older, mm-hmm. I'm going to places more, you know, still places like Cambodia. You world countries come home so humbled. Like, I'm like, how is this person so excited? They're not even worried about making a hundred thousand dollars. All they're worried about is, you know, getting a bowl of food or making $3 and they're so happy and content with life. It humbles you and it gives you a whole new like vision of life. Doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. I mean, at the end of the day, um, yeah, uh, money and cars and all those things are, are great, but that's not happiness. You know, happiness is, is going after what you believe in and being passionate about it and helping others and connecting with other human beings. And that's what I want to do not only during my career, but, you know, the next knock on wood, 70 years I'm on this planet. And so um, I'm trying to help people and connect with people and use this platform of boxing to, to do that. I got to ask the one generic question, and I hate doing the generic questions, but you graduate with a degree from Notre Dame. You, you're not on Wall Street. You're fighting. Was your family and friends all supportive of like you like kind of leaving the finance thing behind for now to pursue your dream in boxing? No. No, they weren't, to be honest. I mean, some of my family was, but there were a lot of people that told me not to go that route. And honestly, even throughout my career, a lot of people that never thought I'd get to 10-0, and 20-0. and Here we are, let alone fight for a world title. But I knew this at the end of the day. I had to go for it because life is short. And at the end of the day, I want to put all the chips on the table. And even though it's maybe – scary route and I've been through a lot of pain and ups and downs I've gone for it man I've I've really put myself out there and I get to fulfill a lifelong dream of winning a world title July 20th and ultimately I knew at the end of the day one day I'm going to go to bed at night I'll be 100 years old and I never want to have that pain of regret man 
I never want to have that pain of regret saying I didn't go for it because I was scared. I want to follow my passion and go for things that scare me or go down the other path. And so um, life is short, man. I've always had that uh, ideology instilled in me at a young age. So I decided to not listen to the naysayers, the critics, even to this day, people that don't think um, I'm good enough, I'm strong enough, I'm talented enough. Um, I've decided not to listen to them, and I've, I've listened to myself and my heart, and here we are in a beautiful position, man, 21-0, and 0, fighting for the world title. Um, doesn't get any bigger. When I was pitched to have you on my, on my show, Bernie's like, Mike Lee? I'm like, stop it. I know exactly who he is. I want him on. Notre Dame boxer, you know, the dude from the subway commercial with the sick left hook, like you said, 21 and 0. And then I didn't know your history. I went on your Wikipedia, and obviously it's on the internet, so it's true. And you fought like a ton between 2010 and 2012, and then a two year gap. What was the health issues that you dealt with that two year gap? Yeah, I mean, to add another wrinkle to the story, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease in late. I think 2012, 2014, I was out and I didn't get diagnosed. It took me about two years to get properly diagnosed with autoimmune disease known as ankylosing spondylitis. But I spent two years in and out of hospitals and um, battling. My immune system was shutting down. I had inflammation all over and um, I was getting really, really sick. And it was a really dark, painful moment in my life. I was on eight different medications and a doctor straight up telling me that my fighting days were done. And forget boxing. I was just concerned about being healthy. And I felt like I went from a kid who was undefeated on top of the world to everything taken from me. And listen, even to this day, I, I still deal with pain and deal with the autoimmune disease, but um, I'm so much better than I was. And I've won seven, maybe even eight fights since getting diagnosed. And honestly, I feel like God put me through all that pain um, to help people and to prove to myself that it's not pain. It's, it's a strength. And if I can get through this, I can get through anything in life. And so, um, yeah, I'm just grateful, man. I mean, going through that experience was terrible. It brought me to the darkest places you can imagine, in and out of hospitals. But um, it's taught me gratitude, man. It's taught me how to be grateful, and uh, that's, that's what I am. I don't, do you gain weight or lose weight during that, or is it just like pain that you're dealing with? Well, I actually ended up losing weight because I was on a lot of different painkillers, um, you know, those things are dangerous, and I know a lot of people all over the country deal with that. So um, I ended up losing some, some weight during that time, uh, but obviously gaining it back once I got off. How do you – I know you have – listen, you're known to be one of the hardest workers, determination. Like you said, you inspire people. What drove you to get – was it just the naysayers? No. I mean, it was my own internal drive. I just – I always – I always wanted something more, and I just – this was a dream of mine to fight for a world title, win a world title, to get back in the ring. Uh, wasn't the naysayers don't necessarily motivate me in a sense. It was my own internal drive and, you know, going for this and just having a bigger why my why was proving not only other people, but myself wrong those days. And I felt like I wasn't good enough and I wasn't going to get out of this hospital bed and I wasn't strong enough. Um, you know, that, that was my, my big why was, uh, you know, doing something on a major scale and being able to use this platform to help people. And um, I think when your why is big enough, you'll find any way how. I truly believe that. Last year, you won the vacant belt. It wasn't one of the big ones, but it's still a belt. How do you celebrate when you win that? 
depends on the fight. Sometimes you get a first-round knockout and you go out with your friends, have a great time. Um, <laughs> other times it's a grueling 10-round fight, and all you want to do is ice your face and sit in the hotel room and or order, uh, <laughs> you know, order some food and watch a movie. So, <laughs> you know, it, it just depends. I think at the end of the day, you surround yourself with friends and family. I'm not a huge drinker, so I've never been like a big uh, partier in that sense. What I love is food. So for me, when I get, I celebrate it's, it's pizza and, you know, I'm a Chicago guy. And so, uh, the last fight was in Chicago. So, you know, all I wanted was deep dish pizza and Italian beefs. And that's how I celebrate, man. Right away. I'm, I'm saying what's still, what's still open. Where are we going tonight to get food? <laughs> well, I have a lot of boxes on and after they cut weight, I'm always like, what's your first cheat meal? So obviously you just said pizza. I was in Chicago last weekend. I want to take my little cousin, my wife to see Wrigley field. Where's your pizza place that you eat at? We went to Gino's East. Where's your pizza? Where's your pizza place? Yeah, that's good. I love Lumonati's. I also love Rosati's. Okay. Uh, Lumonati's has a good deep dish pizza. Uh, Rosati's, I like for their more thin crust. You can't go wrong in a place like Chicago. I mean, and New York. I love mm-hmm. pizza in New York too. Um, you know, I live in LA now, so I'm having trouble finding a good slice out here. So, you know, you got any good recommendations? <laughs> Actually, I I mean. I need to stay away from that right now. So post-July 20th, then I'll be on, on the hunt out here. You mentioned it a few times, July 20th, the world's watching, the undercard of Pacquiao Thurman, <clears throat> MGM Grand, out there in Las Vegas. How does the, a fight like this come about? Like, I want to take me through that phone call. Hey, you have a chance to fight for the title. How does that phone call happen? Yeah, I mean, we, we knew um, we knew there were a couple opportunities out there. So, I you know, but in this sport, it's crazy. Um, I was sitting – with my girlfriend at her house and all of a sudden I got a phone call and um, my manager and father were on the phone. And I think I remember them saying, are you sitting down? And the first thing I thought was, Oh no, who died? Is this bad news or good news? <laughs> and they said, uh, Mike, you're, you're fighting for the world title. And it literally almost brought me to, it did bring me to tears. Um, I, I was just so happy and it was an emotional moment. Cause I was like, man, this is amazing. This is what I worked for. Uh, so long. So I still, I remember sitting there in that phone call and just being so, so excited about the opportunity. Um, you know, so that's how it happened. Now, Mike, forget about the, you know, obviously, listen, the opportunity is huge, but it did it sink in right away. Like I went from a hospital bed being told I'm never going to fight again to fighting on the biggest stage. Does that like play with your emotions? No, I mean, it makes me excited. Yeah, it plays in my emotions in a good way. I mean, it's like, that's, this is what I work for. It's what I, what I uh, dreamed of as a little boy, you know. Um, moments like this, being the main event in Vegas for the world title. It's like your stereotypical kid in the backyard with a baseball bat saying, bottom of the ninth, World Series. You know, this is, this is my bottom of the ninth, World Series, two outs, bases loaded. Uh, this is my moment, and I'm going to take advantage of it. Are you a big video guy? Do you watch a lot of video on your opponents when you study them? How do, how do you go about, like, preparing for a fight? Yeah, I mean, we watch some film for sure. I'm not a guy that gets obsessed with it, but there's definitely, you know, things that uh, my trainer and team will notice, you know, guys' strengths, their weaknesses, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's not something where you get, like, obsessed with it because I'm a different fighter than everybody else he's faced. and. So every single opponent I've had, I, I definitely am I'm watching film and working on a few things. But um, you don't you don't want to become like obsessive over it. 
you're a huge proponent of like the power of visualization. You visualize yourself winning these fights, and it helps you your confidence. How does that? Because you mentioned one of your interviews that so many of your fights are mental. So how does this visualization? How does all that stuff play a part in this role? Yeah, I mean, it, it plays a role in my health. It plays a role in my happiness. It plays a role in the fight. You know, at the end of the day, when you know, for instance, they've done studies where they've they've done brain scans and shown people that visualized a picture of a tree and then uh, went and actually saw a tree and the same areas of the brain fired up. And many of these studies have been done kind of letting you know that uh, it's incredible how much visualization and um, mental imagery can really uh, prepare you because your mind and brain doesn't know the difference between uh, perception and reality when you really get into it. So for me, it's just being mindful of that and going through these visualizations of what's the arena going to look like and how am I going to perform and feeling that excited emotion of winning. And I apply that to everything in life, man. I've, I've had some big speeches in front of a few thousand people that make me nervous and um, I'll sit there and visualize that moment over and over and over because when I step into that moment, I feel like I've already been there hundreds of times and your cortisol levels go down, you get less nervous. Um, and then you, your body just executes. I'm a healthy guy. When I'm, if I'm 177, you know, maybe I'll go away for a few days. I'll run to go to the beach. You're going down, I guess like seven to eight pounds. Is it that much of a difference? Do you really know the difference of it? You do and you don't. I mean, if you're not prepared, you do. So I've had a long time to prepare for this fight, which has been great. So I've had a nutritionist, uh, working with me and the weight's coming off beautifully and we've got a great game plan. So I think when you can really dial down your macros and your calories and understand how the weight's going to come off, um, it becomes a lot easier. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, coming down a weight class, any kind of weight cut is, is never fun, man. It's, <laughs> it's the worst part of the sport for sure. So, um, but I, I'm already in a good place right now, so I'm pretty happy. We're thinking positive. I think you and I are both positive people. Do you have a party prepared? I'm not going to say win or lose for the after party on July 20th in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I think. Oh, I got some friends that are planning that. I don't really get involved in that. Every fight, people always kind of ask me that, or where are we going? And I really just focus on the fight. So I let my friends handle that. Um, and like I said, wherever the after party is, it better have some pizza. <laughs> Wait, Vegas pizza is horrible, though, Mike. Come on. Doesn't matter. When you haven't been eating pizza for a couple months, any kind of pizza is great. <laughs> All right, Mike, a few quick questions and we'll wrap this up. We'll have some fun. You ready? All right. You and I are out. I know you're not a drinker, but we're at a bar, you and I. Who's the coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you right back? <laughs> text me right back? Oh, yes. I don't know. That's a tough I'll give question. you two hours. If you text somebody, who within two hours is writing back to you? I'd say kind of cool is uh either rudy or uh mark Wahlberg. holy all right those are two solid solid answers by the way <laughs> yeah and, and i'll roll it into this because i have one do you have a rudy jacket yeah i got one i got the old school notre dame one uh, it's too hot out here in california to wear it but <laughs> i wear it when i'm back home in chicago best boxing movie great question um I mean, Rocky's an all-time great, but in terms of, like, the actual boxing in it, I would say Southpaw was great and The Fighter, just because it was more realistic. 
those two movies. I'd be silly not to, not to exit. How'd you get Wahlberg's phone number? Uh, Mark and I met uh, a while back. Um, he, you know, he was a fight fan and spent spent some years uh, with him on some movie sets and just just having fun. He's a great guy. Uh, loves boxing. At his old house, he had a huge uh, ring in his house, and so <laughs> we would hop in that ring a couple times. Soul CBD. What exactly is that? Yeah, actually, I got some New York firefighters on my stuff, which is interesting. Uh, guys that deal with pain. I've got some joint pain caps. I got some extra strength pain cream. But essentially, um, the CBD has helped me with my pain and, and journey. It's been incredible. And so, when I wanted to get off prescription meds and, and all this stuff, I co-founded the company to help people, and it's been incredible, man. The testimonies we get in from people. Um, CBD helps with anxiety. It helps with pain. It helps with sleep. And there's no THC in it, so it's not psychoactive. You're not going to get high. And so we have this entire incredible line. I've got professional athletes. I've got firefighters. I've got yoga teachers. I've got my mom on it. Um, it's, it's great. It's all zero THC. It's just CBD, cannabidiol, and everything from the pain creams to the droppers. People are loving it, and I'm taking it every single day, and it helps me so much with inflammation. Um, and like I said, I, I want to help people get out of pain. That's my next mission in life. And I really believe that this company is doing that and, um, testimonials have, have been great. So, um, yeah, man, soul CBD, S O U L it's, it's been uh, a beautiful thing to get these testimonials and just hear from people every day. Mike Lee foundation or the family reach. I have like a little posted on it. I know you do so much charity. What exactly do you do with these charities? I know with the kids and how can other people help with it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of family reach, you can go online and, and donate. They have a lot of different events, but it helps out families whose kids are dealing with disease or cancer. Uh, it's an organization I've been a part of for a while and big fan of, and a few kids that, in fact, um, and a couple kids uh, attend my fights, um, which has been amazing and dream come true for them to hop in the ring and see the belt. And so I've been involved in a few of these charities for a while and been a blessing man i've i've uh it's really been amazing to get connected with these kids and um you know who got just dealt some bad cards so um those organizations are doing some incredible work have you ever fanboyed out with another boxer you're at either training you're sparring you're at the arena and you see a boxer <clears throat> who do you, whoever made you fanboy out yeah sugar ray leonard i met him once I don't even know if he remembers that. And I spoke to him on the phone one another time after that. Uh, but, yeah, I met Sugar Ray Leonard once, and then he's just the man, the nicest guy, legend. Uh, yeah, I, I I was, like, trying to hold back my excitement with him. Trying to act, I was trying to act cool, but I probably looked <laughs> not cool at all. Have you kept any memorabilia or asked for any memorabilia that you, uh, you have, like, displayed somewhere? Yeah, I mean, I've got – I've got some gloves um, from from fights that mean a lot to me, and I've got hand wraps and uh, that I framed and gave to my dad. I've got a jersey that you know, a big football jersey after that fight I mentioned that Notre Dame made for me. Um, some pretty cool stuff, uh, but I need to work on uh, collecting more of it, you know, because I think it's one of those things you kind of overlook right now. But you know, ten, twenty, thirty years from now, I really wish I, I held on to. Listen, you're fighting on a card with Manny Pacquiao. You have to get something from him. Don't be afraid. You, Mike, you're the man. You have to let him know. Act confidently. Like, Mike, if you want to trade glo- – uh, Manny, if you want to trade gloves or something, let's do it. You Take my advice, all right? <laughs> I'll ask him. I got you. <laughs> 
Mike, listen, bro, this was an absolute pleasure. Win or lose, you and I both you know, visualize the win. We're going to watch you with the belt, eating some shitty pizza out there in Vegas. But I want you back on after the fight regardless. Yeah. I want you to tell me how you hung out with Pacquiao. He'll be your new answer. He's the new coolest guy on your phone. Sound good? Sounds great. Thanks, Mike. Mike, next time I talk to you, I want to, I'm going to introduce you as champ. All right, my brother? And new. Yes, sir.